Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. Today, I learned that a Russian band called Little Big isn't necessarily funny after all. Uh, now, technically, this wasn't something that I learned today, and technically, this story goes back just a tad in time. So if I may use the Wayback sound effect and take you to several weeks ago, one of my friends who is one of those folks who's always kind of got YouTube on in the background. Um, this isn't me, but I know several people like this. Apparently, that's a thing where you're just kind of always, well, let's watch a new YouTube video while we're having a conversation. And he introduced us to to this group that I'm in to a band called Little Big. They're from Russia. They've recently moved to LA, but they used to live uh, somewhere in Russia. And the very first song that he introduced me to was a song called Hypno Dancer. Um, I would encourage you to go ahead and look this video up. It's kind of nutty. And each of each video, well, this video in particular has a story that it's telling. And uh, you, you see the lead singer who's got this kind of plastered down center parted haircut and a little mustache. And he's got kind of a goofy, like overly serious, but playful look. Uh, a woman. And then um, there's this other guy who's in all the videos. And is, I think this guy's name is Anton Lissoff because I recently had to look him up. And he's got this big clown makeup thing going where he's, there's this huge black circle, like enormous lipstick on his lips and like kind of spiky wild hair. And he's always pulling faces. And so you have these people and um, the, the shtick of the video is that they go into like a like a card game or a casino or something like that. And then one of the, the dude jumps up on the table and starts doing a ridiculous dance while it's singing about the hypno dance. And the idea is that he's hypnotizing these people and then they steal their money. And then as a spoiler, toward the end of the video, they meet another hypno dancer from another Russian band and they uh, have to team up to hypnotize the cops who come to arrest them for hypno dancing. So this was my introduction to Little Big. And I thought, OK, this is really funny. But then my friends started to show me some of their other videos. And while they don't always have a story to them, they are always weird. So their professional videos are, uh, it was kind of funny. He'd be like, well, this one is bizarre. And after the 10th time that he said that, we were like, well, you, more bizarre, more bizarre than like the people that have legs coming out of both ends of them rather than just one end of them. More um, bizarre than like the pie with a face in it. Just these these weird visuals that they have. And so after watching enough of this, I was like, I like this band. This band is fun. They're quirky. They're interesting. And the way that the lead singer was always so serious was kind of played off of by the, the, the weirdness that was going on. And so I was like, okay, this, these guys are fun, but they were fun in this kind of niche way that like they might be giants is fun for me. I'm not necessarily going to listen to they might be giants for a long period of time, because it's a joke band and I, you know, apologies to all the diehard. They might be giants fans out there who are like, it's not a joke band. Well, it was always a joke band for me when they have Istanbul, not Constantinople and these other ridiculous songs. And so a, a band like that, it's like, there's, there's a funny level on which I can appreciate them, but I'm not going to like listen to them a lot. And that's kind of where I had, I put little big. And so after this going on for a while, 
it was just the other night when he, you know, we'd gone through a lot of their videos and he was like, okay, well, here's one that's live. And he played a video of one of their live concerts. And it was like a, not a stadium, but a large venue. And there's like this um, strobing sort of light show and the band is thrashing around and like headbanging and jumping around and, and screaming angrily into the microphones rather than, than, than doing it. Like they're just kind of up there and the mosh pit, this like Russian mosh pit, this enormous crowd of like, like really violent too. Like they're just slamming into each other and they're all sweaty and jumping up and down like way more like a big mosh pit, not just this one little one with a bunch of people standing around. And I'm going, holy crap, is this the same band? And as we sort of explored the live footage, what I started to realize is that now Hypnodancer didn't have this element of it, but there were songs that I had seen videos for that were in this some of this live footage. And so the exact same song that I was originally presented with, with this goofy backdrop, was suddenly with this thrashing, angry, strobing lights, churning mosh pit vibe. And I kind of had this weird moment where I went, oh my God, it's the same music. But yet when I was presented with those, the, the cra crazy videos, my mind said, this is funny. And it doesn't, you don't have to listen too hard because this is funny. And so therefore this music is funny. And then when I was looking at the live footage, my immediate visual impression was like, ooh, I, I don't know that I want to be in the middle of that. And so it changed the tone of the music as well. And so this is all a lesson in context. Whatever you present is going to be absorbed in whatever context you're providing it. There's always multi-sensory, multi-tonality things going on with anything. So if you were to walk into an art gallery and it had a bunch of paintings and it was bright and sunny and you know there were skylights with beams of light and, and they were playing like light chamber music, then you would have one impression. And if you took that exact same gallery and you dimmed the lights and you were playing something in the background that was just kind of unnerving or maybe not even music, but like atmospheric stuff, then it would be creepy. And my daughter is into horror movies newly, and I, I can't seem to scare her with like, well, let's try this movie. Let's try this movie. And she's just very like, ah, it wasn't scary. But it's because she's watching them with me in this safe environment. And I, at one point I said, so what if you were watching that movie like by yourself at night? And she went, oh, I wouldn't do that because the context makes all the difference. I actually have a story about trying to watch the ring back in the day during one of the times when my family was gone. And this was during a time when my family was always there and my kids were young and it was always loud. And so when they were gone, it was incredibly spooky. And it's like the atmosphere changed the impression of a movie that I might have not had any problem with if if I had not been seeing it in that way. So there's a lot of lessons here about context. So one is just the obvious idea that there's this multidimensionality. And most of us are single sense artists in some way. So the, the most obvious are, are painters or visual artists is because you're looking at something and there's you have the sense of vision. But I gave that example of like a, a gallery with different music in it, or there could be smells. You know, if you're somewhere and you smell cookies, you're going to have a different impression. You're going to, it's going to be like all sorts of other crap could be going on, but you're like, well, I smell cookies. So therefore this is safe or this is whatever. And so 
considering the other senses, you know, what are the things in fiction, the setting is one set of context. And in fiction, we can also like written fiction novels, we can explore that multidimensionality, that multi-sense, multi-sensory sort of experience just right there in the prose, but we don't always remember to do it. We can default to describing the sites, but what are the other elements around it? What is the subtle mood? Um, the way that the mood that I'm in when I'm writing influences it too. And I might not even realize that. And then what if you were to do this and you were to like experiment with it and have fun, not just accidentally like, well, I, I put this next to this, but to say, you know, I learned this lesson of this band that seemed like really hardcore, like they seem hardcore when they're live and they don't seem hardcore at all when they're on video. And so what if you were to take that knowledge and pull it out and do deliberate experiments. It's like having one piece of content, one piece of art, and you're able to spin it out into a bunch of different kinds of art without doing any extra work. And how cool is that? One thing presented many different ways. It reminds me of that Andy Warhol thing where he's got a bunch of different Marilyn Monroe's with slightly different treatments. And all of us can do that by just being aware of the contextual clues that surround our art. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.